we're back here with uh, another episode of War Stories. We're here again with Sean Jones. Hey, hey. I think the fourth time. So uh, just going to do some question and answers here with the team today. So thank you again for joining me, Sean. Good to have you. My pleasure, man. I All love right. doing this. Love we're gonna doing We're going to get it. right into some questions here from the team. You know, I, I think there was a question that if I if I can answer really quick um, that I think Jaylene kind of a- answer, asked earlier. Uh, she asked me how I balance my life. Um, I have a daughter. I have a wife. I am gone away from home a lot. So it is funny when I'm with dealers or with you guys and some people go, oh my gosh, you know, I'm spending so much time away from my family. I look at them and go, excuse me, (laughs) Um, because I'm probably gone more than you are. Um, My answer to that is number one, it's like what we said earlier is we said something about... uh, making a choice and making a decision. You guys remember that? I would say that's, again, the same type of process. I looked when my family, I made a decision in my life a while ago. Um, I made a decision, and my wife and I made a decision. It wasn't just me. My wife and I made a decision, okay, um, we want more for our family to have a better life. In order for us to do that, um, I'm going to have to work harder, and I'm going to have to work longer. So now... Fortunately, I had a partner, and for those of you, if you're a single mom, I, I'm serious. You are like superwoman to me. I mean, I mean, you are a you should be a Marvel superhero to me. For those of you who are raising a family, um, and in Rainbow, and making money, and doing well, and trying to balance your life and do things for yourself, um, you, you you amaze me every day. But I will just tell you my personal story and what I decided to do. And my wife and I sat down and made a decision. Okay. Um, in order for our family to have the things that we wanted, we're going to have to make a sacrifice. There is no such thing as making, let's say, over $400,000 a year, $300,000 a year, I would say. Um, there is no job that exists that you can work nine to five and make over $300,000 a year, $400,000, okay? It's just, it, it doesn't exist. Now, you can build a company to, and then you work nine to five. That's cool and respectable, by the way. Uh, but in order to get there, you're going to have to eat the crap sandwich, as I call it. Um, so I would say we sat down, we made a decision, and I and also I knew what I wanted in my life. I knew um, in my life at 18 years old, I said someday I'm going to travel the world, change people's lives all over the world. I knew that, and I knew that's what I wanted to do in my life. And I knew if I helped a lot of people become successful, in turn, I would become successful. There's no doubt about that. I, w- I will tell you that's one of the secrets of. Uh, monetarily becoming successful, help other people become successful, and then you will automatically um, become successful. That's the way the universe works. So my wife and I sat down and made a decision. And the decision was um, my wife was at home raising our child. Um, Now, for her to be at home raising our child, um, somebody has to work and make the money. And wait a second, we want to make over three, four dollars $400,000 a year. And how are we going to do that? Okay, well, eventually I end up coming into Rainbow, and we made a decision that um, how I'm going to work. So to make this long story very, very short, I work what I work, and when I'm at home with my family, I was at home with my family. My daughter, and, and Jaylene asked a question, how, do, what is, how does my daughter respond to that? I guess we have to ask her, but my daughter doesn't know any different. She was kind of, I think she was, well, I've been in Rainbow for 15 years now, and she's 19, so she was, what, four so she was four years old, so she doesn't know any different. Um, now, I was home in important parts. Now, what, what will I say is I, I always make my own schedule. So every one of my, my birthday is in February, February 18th, and my wife's is February 3rd. 
I can't be home from February 2nd to February 20th. You guys know that, right? That's too long for me to be home. I got to be working. So, uh, cause Rex air, I have, I have to be gone for 15 nights a month. That's generally, that's what they usually do. Even though nobody ever has done my schedule or make, I make my own schedule. Um, but guess whose birthday I'm always home for my wife's not mine. (laughs) I'm not home for mine. I'm usually working. I'm always, I was always home for my daughter's birthday. Um, I was always home at certain most important things. So I balance my life. Okay. However, again, I'm going to tell you this. I remember one time when I had somebody and I was working with somebody and somebody came into me and said, I can't work here anymore. I said, why? They said, I'm working too many hours. And I said, what do you mean you're working too many hours? Well, um, I have a, I have a son and, um, I don't see him very much and I just want to be a good dad. And I said, I don't really understand what you mean. He goes, well, you know, I'm doing all these demos. I'm away from them all the time, and I just need to be home, and I just need to be a good dad. And working here, it's, just, it's not allowing me to do that. I said, you know, be honest with you, you're really pissing me off. He goes, what do you mean? I said, I work here, so you're calling me a bad dad? He goes, no, 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 I'm not. I said, no, you are. You're saying because you're working here and working long hours that you're a bad dad. That's bullshit. I said, the average person spends two hours a day in front of the TV, 15 minutes a day with their kid. Now, when I'm talking about 15 minutes a day with their kid, I'm talking about reading a book one-on-one time with your kid. Don't give me the bull crap that you're out there doing puzzles and teaching them things and playing. You're not, okay? Just because you're at home watching TV and your kid happens to be in the room. Well, and, and realistically, I mean, if you're going to be honest with yourself, is you're slapping them in the room yeah. with a video game and you're out in the garage That's doing it. something. That's absolutely correct. So, you know, be careful. And it really offended me, okay? And I'll never forget that. It was one of those painful moments. But at that point in time, I realized, you know, um, I wanted more for my family. Um, and we have more. We live in a nice home um, that is half paid for. Um, and it's a very nice home, a big home that we paid, that we bought last year. Um, I owe nobody any money. Um, uh, my daughter's college, which costs thirty thousand dollars a year in college, all in. She got even got a scholarship, by the way. She goes to an honor. She's at University of Arizona, and she's in an honors dorm, honors college. She's in a sorority. Um, I, I supply her with all of that. Um, she has a car. I have a car. Not, we own them all. Um, and I have money where I don't have to work anymore. Okay. Um, I'm, I, and again, I'm just saying, and I'm not saying that's right for everybody, but that's, what's right for me. You have to sit down with your spouse or your significant other and, and make that decision. And because my wife was able to, by the way, my wife was able to stay home with our daughter and, um, spend time raising our daughter, which is why she's one of, one of the reasons why she's an amazing woman that she is, um, Today, my wife is not working. I mean, lazy as hell. I don't know what she does all day. <laughs> I'm joking. I always make fun of her. I'm like, are you going to go get a job? And she's like, mm, no. Well, by, by the way, we just opened up a company, and I, I won't go into that right now, but we yeah. opened up a company, and she's the CEO on the bank account. And she's, she, So now that's her running joke. I am. I'm a CEO yeah. of LMS um, Investments. Uh, which is Larissa Meadow and Sean, which is go. the name of our company. And you're at the and, end of that. So. Yeah, yeah, and I'm at yeah. the end of that. That's yeah. the truth, yeah. brother. You caught on to that real quick. The, the yeah. That's funny. Real. I didn't do that really on purpose, but it yeah. just automatically yeah. happened that way. Yeah. So that, that that's what I want to say, Jaylene. And Jaylene, people like you, um, I have so much respect for what you've done and what you've given your family. And I think that's important that people know that. Um, because I, you know, I struggled with that, Jaylene, as a question I, a lot. And I've asked all of my mentors, Momir included, 
And, uh, but I remember I asked Joe Levin that question. I said, Joe, because he's a very good, f- Joe Levin was an amazing human being. Okay. I love him and miss him so much. Jeff May, like you said, Jeff May. I love that yeah, guy so much. Yeah. Amazing human being. But these guys, um, I asked my mentors, my, my friends, um, and I'll never forget when I asked Momir because he raised, has two kids, one that's older and uh, that lives in the U.S. in Chicago and left at 17 years old, by the way. She came over to uh, Yale at 17. He sent her to Yale and his son's in Bulgaria and moving to the U.S. from what I understand, by the way. Anyways, um, I asked him that question because I, I don't know the answer to my question is, am I going to regret it? I don't know. Um, I don't right now because the time I spent with my daughter, by the way, my daughter, um, we played cars, we played Barbies. I was the, my wife never did that. I was that guy. Every day, whenever I was home, I was home and I was with my daughter. I wasn't in front of the TV. My daughter and I were playing cars, playing Barbies, okay, playing race car track, playing something, swimming in the pool together, singing songs. I mean, I clearly remember, and she remembers all this, by the way, which is more important than me remembering, I think. Um, so my time was quality. Let me, let me come at that mm-hmm. from this direction. Now, your parents mm-hmm. um, were not rich? No. No, okay. they were more middle class. I, they weren't poor. They weren't, okay. you know, we lived in a, a decent so, home. But let me, I guess. They both worked. Let me try to, I guess, put it here. Okay, so so my parents grew up very, very poor. Mm-hmm. Still are. Mm-hmm. One of the things I didn't talk about on my story. Can I identify what poor is, by the way? Because you realize this in today's day and age, a lot of people can't even identify what that means. I'll give you an so, example: the average yeah. income, average income for a for a male person in the U.S. Mm-hmm. annual income. Do you know what it is for a year, Eric? Oh. Any idea? Fifty thousand dollars. Okay, it's thirty-seven thousand, yeah, which is about fifty thousand Canadian. Yeah, and and people don't generally know that. At least right. I'm talking about on perspective, right? right? So but what's poor? So when we grew up, we grew up. Did we, they own their house? Did they buy their house? So my parents, like, we were in a farm where they built the house. Okay, so, they built that. so built how much it. is the house worth, um, you think? It was probably, like, it was debt. So like, they owed, they ended up remortgaging it. Okay, over and over. Over, yeah, and over yeah, yeah. again. So there was always a mortgage on it. There so was they always debt. lived, they, they didn't so have, they, okay, they always, I get it. My dad, when my, my grandpa passed away when my dad um, was, I think, 20. Uh-huh. Um, and inherited debt on the farm and had mm-hmm. debt his entire life. My yeah. dad had a massive heart attack when I was seven. Had to sell lots of land and yeah. ended up you yeah. Know, in yeah, debt yeah, yeah. and just always had debt. Okay. Um, my dad was basically took on two jobs. Um, he was a pump gas at a gas station. He was a janitor at the high school, no education, um, just too low. So essentially two. they were poor yeah. because but they always were paying somebody. Always paying okay. debt. Got it. Got um, it. We lived off the land as close as you could. Okay. Dad worked the two jobs just to sink all the money into the farm. Uh-huh. And the farm was sinking them. Mm-hmm. But it was in the family for 100 years. It was all these things. So he well, was working yeah. to just keep the farm afloat, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were living on that. We couldn't afford the groceries. We couldn't afford. So we were living off the land. And he was working two jobs to dump all the money into the farm just to kind of keep it going. And then cattle, and I mean, just it was just losing money. So mm-hmm. he was just working around the clock to dump money into this mm-hmm. pit that was sinking. Wow! Right. So 
So that was, you know, it was poor. We had one Christmas gift a year. Like it was like there, I mean, we went to Walmart and got two pairs of clothes a year. What was that business sense? Was that more pride than anything? Like who would say, Hey, let me dig a hole and keep digging the hole while you throw the money in there. He didn't know any different. Um, It was, he grew up on that farm. I think, I think there was obviously a lot of, like this was his his, pride or yeah. yeah. His, his grandpa and his dad built every building on that. I mean, back in a lifestyle that we can't comprehend yeah i mean they literally went to the bush cut every tree down by hand yeah. farmed the land yeah. by hand worked it up by hand <laughs> like i mean that's it tough was, man. yeah like it's 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 beyond what you know we can comprehend today yeah. in terms of work yeah. right so i think it was just like this is just what do you know this is what you do this is just what it is right so it was you know pride in the land and the farm and i mean moving to town was just it just I don't even think he even thought of it. It was mm-hmm. an option, right? Mm-hmm. So it was just, this is what you just do, right? So it was just, that was the thing. So it was just, you know, you he was a hard worker, you go. So this is how we grew up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in essence, ended up pretty much all but losing the farm. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so this this is how we grew up. And I mean, we didn't have anything. And, you know, and that was it. So me in my head, my mom was getting me that a lot. Of yeah, shit. yeah. You know, it was just crazy. Our nearest, you know, we had one neighbor that was, about a half a mile away. Another one was about a mile and a half yeah. away. And after that, we were three, four miles away. And like there, if a car drove by once a week, it was an event. <laughs> like it was just like, Ooh, you, know, you, like see that? you could yeah. literally hear someone yeah. coming and you're all standing like, who is that? Yeah. And it was just like, yeah. literally. And you were just like, oh my God, who is that? Yeah. Like, it was, it was crazy. Right. So, you know, we grew up very, very poor. And so when, so my old man struggled his whole entire life. I mean, just financial stress his mm-hmm. whole entire life mm-hmm. and didn't know any difference. So even when they, lost the farm more or less. I mean, he sold out, was forced to sell out, I guess was the, was the thing to say. Walked out of there somewhat even, I guess I would say, mm-hmm. like never made any money, but enough to sort of pay the debt off and, and walk out somewhat mm-hmm. clean. Moved in the Camrose where we moved here. They okay. lived just in town here. Um, still had to work. So he went to literally worked at Walmart mm-hmm. in shipping and receiving and worked there up until a few years ago uh, when COVID hit, mm. uh, he still had to work to pay. Just his the one across from my hotel? Yeah. Okay. So he worked there in, in shipping and receiving and 70 years, wow. old, 70 years old and still had to work a, a job. Okay. So be to pay his, his so they, owned, they bought a house in Camrose. They were able to after the- With your mom? Yeah, with my mom. So, okay. So there was some credit. Mom has cerebral palsy. She can't work. Um, okay. She worked, they said she would never work. And it's a whole new story, but she overcame lots of shit in her life. And so she's on disability, gets like 600 bucks a month. It's pathetic. So basically, um, dad's kind of on a little bit of a pension. You know, they, they don't make a lot of money. They live very humbly, very modestly. And anyway, so dad had to, was working at Walmart. Again, no education, can't get much for work and, you know, working hard. So COVID hits. My dad's an asthmatic. He gets a small bout of cancer and basically he is working at Walmart, one of the busiest places. Yeah. And so I'm literally like, Come on, old man, like, yeah, yeah. get out of here, yeah. right? He's like, I can't. So literally, uh, because of Rainbow, I just said, look, what do, you need to, what do you need to make to quit? And he told me what he, what he makes here. I said, okay, I'm paying it from now on going forward for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So I retired my father. Mm-hmm. And so because of Rainbow, so I pay him every month, yeah, you know, and, awesome, and he's dude. retired. That's so, awesome. One of the best accomplishments of my life, right? Mm-hmm. So he's retired at home and whatever else. So like, so now he's, you know, I'm pay every month. And he just cashes the checks, yep. and you know, it's like a, it's like a paycheck, and yep. he's good. Okay, yep. so that's basically you know how we kind of grew up. So where I, that's the backstory. So what I want to go with this now is is to kind of tie this in is imagining that life. Okay, do you think? What do you think was harder on him? 
Do you think if his old man had an opportunity to be away from home a little bit, mm-hmm. to create a more successful life, right? Where my old man could have gone to the college he wanted to go to or gone to whatever mm-hmm. and, and got to live to life and then not had to have any of these stresses his whole entire life and could have set not only himself, but me and hit my kids and everything yeah. and his whole family on a financial future. Do you think he would have wanted his dad to do that? Or do you think he would have wanted to continue down the life that he lived to be where he, now, now if I wouldn't have changed Sean, my path and I wouldn't be able to give my dad that money, everyone, he would still be working at Walmart, at Walmart today. Yeah. And he would have worked there until he died. That's Sean. A, you know, so now think about that. No, if, if it's worth it or not, I am, um, Glad you said that. Be- right? Now think about it. Because there is that side of it. Yeah. What would, what would my dad want from me? Did, does does my fair. dad now, if, if, I, if, if he's still working at Walmart at 70, you know, yeah. whatever years old, with yeah. shit knees, and yeah. do you think he would want me to now follow in his footsteps? Yeah, 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 yeah. So That's it's a good observation. It's not hard. Yeah, true. That's hard. That's true. So that's what we got to really look at at the end of the day is what's really hard. Your daughter does not have it hard. Yeah. Now, yes, is it hard not having your dad around? But my dad was never around. Right. Working two jobs. Mine either, by like, the come way. Come on. Like, Mine either, by the like, way. Like your broke parents yeah. aren't around any more than your rich parents. Like, True. Let's, let's be honest. True. Okay? So now we live in this world today where like, I mean, everyone's like, oh, I want to be there more for my parents. I mean, I want to be there more for my kids. And, and want to be broke. Like, 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 this is the thing that happens to these generations. And we talked about the... X, Y, Z, whatever gens and, yeah. and the missing gens and all stuff like that. But it's like what happened in, 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 in this generation is like our parents were gone working. Mm-hmm. Okay. Two jobs to survive or whatever else. And, and you know, we, my generation, we grew up in this tough, like love generation kind yep. of thing. Yep. And so we all went and got butt hurt yep. and we're like, Oh, I don't want, you know, I'm not going to raise, I'm not going to be as mean to my kids. And now we all want to like be at home and coddle our children. Yeah, Everybody gets a, right? everybody yeah. gets a trophy. We're, right? Yeah. We're not going to be the same. We're not going to be as mean, yeah. but guess what? We're tough. We, we were tough and we went, through, but now we're going to stay home. We're not going to work. We're going to teach our kids. We're going to give them everything we want. We're going to, and we created a bunch of wusses. Yeah, I agree. Right. I agree. And now we're getting, we're setting them up to fail. And this next generation is going to fall flat on their heads and fail. But it's like, but you know, we're, we're, we're creating this, or we're doing the opposite of what got us to where we are. Yeah. Right. And, and it just, it's creating all you these raised your, different you raised problems. Your son. Yeah. And did you have him, did he get a job? What age? Yeah. Well, so he started off basically, um, he got dropped on my doorstep. His mom screwed off on yeah. him. And basically I raised him through rainbow actually through my, through my start off with, yeah. um, with qualifying actually as a single dad. So yeah. it's, it's from my office. So he, um, started with me when he started working, he started, with me in rainbow didn't work out. So he actually, I actually fired his ass out of rainbow and yeah. he went to work. So he's been, he's working right now and working on coming back how into the business. Old, how so old he though? was basically started at pretty much at 18. He started, he started working with me at 16. Uh-huh. Off and on at okay. 18. So he kind yeah. of always had a job since he was 16. Yeah. 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 Cause that was kind of the reason why I'm asking. And that's another conversation you and I can have because you know, it, it's always like successful, like even Jaylene and, and her daughter and stuff like that. How do you make sure that the young adults that we raise which means they my daughter had an infinity at 16 a nice car yeah. you know and i've paid for everything she had daddy's credit card but she had a job at 17 years old 
And her and the deal I made with her was, hey, whatever money you save, I will match it and invest. We'll invest that That's money. What Jaylen did with and uh, it, lo and behold, my daughter saved every penny she had. Yeah, <laughs> she was a smart kid, right? At least on that. And it was funny because she worked as a server. She made nine dollars an hour, um, and she <laughs> her check. She would come home and give me her check. Here it is. Here's my money I saved, and then I would match it, right? And I'm like, well how are you living? She goes, well, I'm living off my tips. She saved every penny of her the money she's making, right. which is brilliant. <coughs> um, but see, is that not what you want to teach them? Absolutely. And see, and this is, so this is what you got to weigh it out, right? Because this is the problem we're having now for the, when we're at home and we're like, and, and we're like, Oh, I, I, you know, I can't do these demos because of my kids. I, and yep. I go, I can't go on demos because of kids. I can't. Yeah. Do, and they, for the, for the stay at home parents who just want to be at home, like and and they blame their kids. We talk about making your kids your why not Correct. your why not. Correct. Because so many people now make them their why not. Yeah. Like you really and this this hurts a lot of feelings. But I don't give a shit because here's yeah. the thing that happens is like what are you really teaching your children? You're teaching your children that it's okay to give up on your dreams. You're teaching yep. your children that it's okay to be broke. Yep. It's not right. So we're, we're trying to we're we're trying to instill into our kids. Oh, that mommy's here for you. Daddy's Correct. here for you. We're here. We're here to, you know, but at the same time as you're also being, you got to be careful because I mean, again, be there for your kid. I'm not saying screw off. And Correct. Be there. Correct. Be there. But no. at the same time as be careful that you're not teaching them that like, don't. It's the wrong thing because like, yeah. they can see everything. Yeah, they and do. Dallas, you said something so important. Look at J- Jaylene built. Jaylene has built her business around her family. Yeah. Okay. If she's done anything, she's actually enhanced her family life you can see it right so the point is everybody has that example right here right in front of them of exactly how to do it and we talked about this a couple episodes ago like we went to lincoln's basketball game the other day at noon just in a little town just Mm -hmm. outside town here you know how many parents were there on a tuesday just us yeah (laughs) you know why because all the others had a job had a job she goes to everything yeah yeah because she can, because she can. But the the nine to fivers <coughs> can't yeah. go. So it's yep. funny because people will be like, they, like people will be like, oh, I, I you know I can't do this because I don't want to sacrifice this time with my kids. Yep. But it's like, but you're at a job. Yep. You sacrifice it with the kids, yep. and then you drop your kids off at school for eight hours a day. And yep. I mean, let's not even get started yeah, yeah, on the yeah, shit yeah. that schools are teaching our kids nowadays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like it, it, it's all excuses to allow yourself off the hook and it's terrible because you're using your children as your excuse. as your excuse yeah. and that is a terrible yeah, thing you to do. said something even more important though your kids are seeing that yeah that's what's worse and you're teaching and them that. yes and so monkey see monkey do mm-hmm. right so and like you know and, and i said this before like you you know i mean you know how like pissed off i would be if my parents like my parents were sitting over there mm-hmm. in that situation and and it's I blame two people for their situation, mm-hmm. them and their parents. And their parents. There you go. And you know, but can yeah. you imagine if they blame me? Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, none of that shit. Yeah. Is on me. Right. Right. And like you know how like and if they're gonna dump that on me, like they're gonna dump that guilt on me. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. Now I'm yeah. strong enough to go like. Eh. Yeah. No, like yeah. that shit's not on me. Yeah. But not too many people are strong enough to do that. Like if your yeah. parents are blaming you, some people that I, I could cause some really emotional shit yeah. on some kids. Oh, mommy couldn't be successful because, because I just stay yeah, home and take care. Like, you. Wow. You know what was funny, Dallas? I'll never forget this. When my daughter was actually born, um, there was a weird thing that actually happened in the business. Okay, and you may not know this or you do, 
But what happened was, and this is 2000, I'm going to say six or before, maybe, mm-hmm. okay, something like that, uh, 2005. But there, I was running my distributorship with the other company, and I was running my business, and we were selling, I don't know, 100, 200 a month, doesn't matter. Anyways, things were going great. Um, I had a strong program and, and so on. Then all of a sudden, this new thing came out called the no-call list. The no-call list in the United States was this. If oh, yeah. um, if you want to be, if you don't want any telemarketers to call you at your home, just call this 1-800 number, toll-free number, and put your yeah. phone number in. And, and if can. a company calls you, the first time they call you, the company will get charged $10,000. The second time, it's $50,000. The third time, it's $100,000. The company. So all of a sudden, and by the way, I as a business owner, I had to buy the list. And it doesn't matter that their friend gave the referrals. If you call them and they're on this list. Now, this just got passed in the U.S. And the politicians were hot to trot. It was all about money, by the way, because the DS, from what I understand, the DSA didn't pay the politicians off. Okay. So what happened, this new no-call no list came, comes in. And all of a sudden, I'm going, uh, what do I do? Well, I have a choice. My choice is to leave what I've been sitting at and learning for years and years and years or figure out another way. At that point in time, I found out there was an office out there knocking doors. Now, I knocked doors many times before I became a distributor. Didn't really care for it. Felt uncomfortable doing it. And as you know, that company does a lot of deceiving, okay? Mm-hmm. Which means not deceiving. How do I, okay, yeah, deceiving is the word. Yeah. I'd come up to your door and say, hey, do you prefer Pepsi or Coke? Yeah. And you go, Pepsi. Well, this is for you for taking a quick look at some cleaning ideas for your home and giving your honest opinion. Yeah. Let me be right back. This is for you. You run and grab your stuff. Then the van master peeled <laughs> out with the after you grabbed your stuff and yeah. left you there, right? Yeah. Okay, that's where I grew up, right? And I never liked that. Yeah. So when I started my business um i didn't i was in more of the appointment program okay but all of a sudden that was taken away from me and i said sean you got to make a decision you either have to learn how to knock doors or get out of here now i know how to knock doors but what i meant do it in a way that i was proud of and i found out there was somebody out there that was really doing it the right way which means they were explaining everything to the customer at the door scheduling the appointment and then coming back and doing the demos right okay so I, I'll never forget, I got the script faxed to me. That's how long ago it was. It was faxed to me. And then I drove out and met my guys and said, okay, I, I will call you when I have demos. And then at that point in time, I knew, um, I knew I had to be the one to start this. I had to be the one to do the dirty work. And I've learned that about successful distributors. I was just at Jay Johnson's. And Jay Johnson does the dirtiest of dirty work. He does the dirtiest of dirty work in the office. I'm not kidding you. Because I'm sitting there going, you mean to tell me that you get on the phone on Sundays? Because he has two days off, Saturday and Sunday, as the RGD selling 500 a month under one roof. He has Saturday and Sunday off. All the other days, he's working from 11 to 10 o'clock in the morning until 11 o'clock at night every day. And he does the dirty. I said, why do, you, why do you do that? He goes, because I want everybody, I want to do the dirty work because they'll do it too. And I went, hmm, okay. So just like you guys, you guys were here last night until oh, yeah, 10 o'clock yeah. at night, 11 o'clock at night. Okay. So long story short, I knew I had to do the dirty work. I have to start knocking on doors, banging on doors. 
Now, it just so happened when I decided to make this decision, and I knew I was going to have to do it for the next three months. Anything that you do to get something right, you got to do it for three months to get it right. And then it'll start going. So I knew that. So for three months, I knew I was going to be banging on doors. I bought a pair of boots because I started in the winter. I bought the earmuffs and I bought, that's when the little MP3 players were out. Yeah, yeah. And I bought those earmuffs that had the little speakers you put in there. And I was banging on doors for three months, dude. From 10 o'clock in the morning until 7.30 at night, 8 o'clock at night, I'd bang on doors all day long. I never got on the vehicle. I had a guy drive the vehicle. I called him and said, bring me a dealer, bring me a dealer, bring me a dealer. I did that for three months. I did as the RGD because I knew I had to do this. But let me tell you what came out of it. But I remember it was so tough, by the way, and here's what I was getting with that. I remember it was so tough because it was snowing. I was freezing. I'm like, this sucks so bad. What I did is I carried a little picture of my, I still have it in a frame, of my daughter, her as a baby, because she was born. And whenever I get negative, I would pull that picture out, and I would look at that picture, Dallas, and she would look at me and say, thanks, Dad. Yeah. That's what I would say in my head. And then I would keep banging on doors. Now, just so you know, three months later, I had a team of about five or six marketing people that I trained, Sean trained, to bang on doors Okay, and to set appointments. Okay, and then I put the dealers in, and then I would come in, right? And then um, about a year later, I was selling three hundred a month. We were selling three hundred. Um, I took one van, a group of people. I had four people. This was my last month in the business when I left, and then came to Rainbow. The last month, I had four people. I took four people, and in two weeks, we sold 80, 80 machines. We sold 23 on a Saturday one time with four people because they were in and out of, I had them in seven, eight demos. And then what happened was they were in and out of so many demos. They didn't even know because like they'd be done with the demo and I would go in and say to the customer, is it okay if I bring somebody else in here to help finish this up? Because I have another demo for them. Mm. At the end of the day, I would say, hey, you did six demos and sold four. You did, and they're like, what the hell? That was like one of the last uh, hurrahs in my career in in Kirby. And I would never take that back because, you know, I could bang on doors today. I can go out here and get demos. My point being is um, I use that as my motivator, my daughter. I used that as her saying, thanks, dad. Yeah. And uh, but thanks for what you said a little bit ago because you really just put it in perspective to me. Yeah, because I just thought about my parents. You were yeah. correct. Yeah, because it's like you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't want, and, and we want to do better. Yeah, you know, for our kids, right? Yeah. So you you look at the situation and you, and you and you look at your daughter and you say, is she set up better today? Oh yeah, because of you banging on those doors. Yep. Or was she set up better if you were seventy you working it, at Walmart? You got it. So, you know, because no matter what happens in his life, sacrifices are going to have to be made. Absolutely. No matter what. You're not, yep. No one's getting through this without sacrifices. You know what? Right? I mean, can I tell you this one statement? Yeah. Guys, if you're writing this down, please write this down if you're sitting over the pen. I'm just warning you because this is one of the best things I ever heard. Again, I, I didn't create this. I just heard it. Okay? If we do in life what is easy, your life will then become hard. If you do in life what is hard, your life will then become easy. If we do in life what is easy, your life will become hard. If you do in life what is hard, your life will then become easy. Powerful. I think that says it all, doesn't it? Yep. And I I remember hearing that going, oh my God, that is such a powerful statement. Yeah, it's huge. 
So, so, and that's, and that's it. You know, it just, it just boils down to that. And I mean, at, at the end of the day, and like I said, no one's getting through this easy. Yeah. You know, period. No matter what. Yeah. And you, you gotta look at it from that perspective. So, I mean, and again, and that's where it's nice because coming from, you know, and that's where I, I guess, you know, and again, we talked a, a lot in the past about, you know, why you go through, Yep. you know, we went through it. I mean, and again, in, in, I went through, you know, those, yeah, I mean, I guess it's poverty really. I mean, mm, you really look at is. a lot of it. I mean, like we, we grew up, I mean, you know, we killed our own cattle. We killed our own pigs. Yeah. We killed, you know, our own chickens. We, yeah. We had orchards and we had gardens and I mean we really literally it was lived just off funny. the land. Right? We didn't have to go through that. My but my dad's parents did. Yeah, you and know, we were yeah. like we were like that generation behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. know what I mean. And but I was raised in a family though where my dad was tough. Yeah, you know, my dad didn't tell me he loved me until yeah my mom died. Yeah. <laughs> and now he says it every time we get off the phone. And I'm not saying poor Sean, but I'm no. just saying the facts are the facts. Yeah, what what I'm saying is I grew up. My dad, and it was funny because I found I'm still like this. I found I I try to I do things to seek approval from my mentors. Isn't that crazy? How yeah, it never leaves. And anymore. one time I'll never forget my mentor, as you know who it is, mm. is Momir. And one time we were together and we were in Bulgaria or something. And he goes, "Buddy, what's wrong with you?" I said, "What?" He goes, "What is wrong?" And he's really been mentoring me for for years. Yeah. I work side by side, and it's happening again. I'm I'm getting put with him again, side by side. Yeah. Um, working with him everywhere. But anyways, um, he's, he could feel something was wrong with me. And he was like, what's wrong? And finally, I told him. I said, you know what? I just feel like I'm letting you down. Yeah. And he looked at me like, what? And, I, and, then I, and it hit me. That's what I've done. My, like my father, mm-hmm. who never you know, said, hey, great. Not say he never didn't say good job. Yeah. But my point is, Momir's kind of the same way. And mentors that are really strong and tough on people are the same way. He told me that from the beginning. And you're a type of that, that type of person, too. What I mean by that is, you're like, look, I expect you to be good, Mike. Mm-hmm. I've seen what you can do. I'm not going to baby you, and I'm not going to tell you and give you a trophy every time. So that way, when you do say, Mike, hey, I'm really proud of you, that means something. Yeah. And I think that's kind of important. And I've been a little bit tough on my daughter where, and my wife has been tough on our daughter too. There's no doubt about that. She's one of those tiger moms, especially in education part. Okay. Um, But um, I think it is important because we, we, we are in a different age with, with, cause my parents were, were tough and they weren't around. They were always gone. I was raising myself well, and their parents were tougher and their parents were tougher. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Shit, right? Absolutely. And, it, yeah. and, and now it's like, Oh, the babies and the kids. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's where I let my dad off the hook. Yeah. Right. Because like, like my family, so my dad's parents, there was a farm, like the, the original family homestead was a mile, was a, was that neighbor that was a mile away. Mm-hmm. And I had a guy come up to me. I was working at a restaurant. In, in in this little town one time and this guy comes up and I just started there and he goes, what's your name? I tell him Dallas Ramey. He goes, Ramey, holy shit. He's an older guy. And he goes, he goes like from out, out. I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh man, shook my hand. He goes, your family saved my life. I'm like, what? He's like, your family taught me how to work. Like, what do you mean? So my dad's uncle, Ronald, was like the hardest son of a bitch anywhere. Mm-hmm. And like people, he had like, a, like an unintentional boot camp mm-hmm. when kids were bad they would drop them off at my at my family's farm mm. and like my uncle ronald would beat these kids and, and work them into them shape yeah, yeah. to straighten these kids yeah. out and like they would get dropped off at the rainy farm yeah to get taught oh, that's awesome. and like really whipped into shape yeah. so like this was the environment this militant yeah. family was yeah. what my dad's came out of yeah you know so well that shows so once that i explains. Once, yeah so once i grew up and it was actually through counseling where 
my counselor put that into my perspective. Yeah. And I went like, oh, yeah. you know, and then that's where I started to really, and when I really started exploring programming, that's where I went like, well, shit, what programming did they get? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because I was the same way. Like I never, my dad was a hard man. Like I, I grew up most of my life thinking the guy didn't even like me. Yeah. You know, because I was this emotional kid. Like I said, it, it was a lot of. That's and, a lot of, and, a lot of deep know, stuff. Yeah. Let me ask you a quick question off the subject. Mm-hmm. You, because I hear you say counselor. How old were you? When I started, you know, what, honestly, it, it was honestly, it wasn't until I didn't start. I mean, this was all part of my self development journey. No, I, I'm that, and I, I, that's what my point I, is. It, it honestly, do you still have one? Um, or is it more? Now, listen, no. whatever people call them, and, and I'll let me explain it to yeah. you this way, and then you can give me your input because this yeah. is what I like talking to you about. Yeah, um, I was this is years ago, I can't remember, and I was with uh, maybe I it was one of the world meetings. When did Roan? By Rex Harrigan. Do you remember? Yeah, that was in, in, was it Florida? No. There was a world meeting that happened just right after or something like that. San Diego? Maybe. Maybe San Diego. Okay, anyways, here's why. I remember I was was at the world meeting and I said, you know what? Okay, I've had mentors in my life and all that good stuff. And I still have mentors in my life. That's very important. I said, but you know what I need? And she goes, what? I said, "I I need a coach. And she goes, what do you mean? I said, I just need a life coach. If you look at any successful person, they have a um, team of coaches around them, mentors, whatever you call them. Okay. But they need, I said, I have a work mentor. I need that like life coach. And uh, my wife goes, oh, okay. And she goes, where where are you going to find? I said, I don't know yet. (laughs) I don't know. No idea. And I'm not kidding you. I was at the, um, I was at the uh, meeting. And uh, um, I study a spiritual study, and I've studied it since 2014, and it's totally um, helped me elevate my 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 life. Yeah. Anyways, I'm not going to go down that path, but here here's what I'm getting at: is I was at the meeting, and there was this guy sitting at the back of the meeting, and I went to Greg Jackson. I said, "Who's that guy?" He said, "That's um, um, such and such from Roan." He says, "I think he's from Roan." And I said, are you kidding me? He goes, no. And I said, oh, okay. So I went up and I just introduced myself, started talking to this guy. I had no idea who this guy was. And I'm talking to him and he, he says, hey, my name is so-and-so and we're talking. And all of a sudden we're talking about the past history and stuff. And I said, are you from Israel? He's, I could tell. And he goes, yeah. I said, oh, that was part of my read. No. What happened was, he says, what do you do? I said, I'm an ESD, Eastern Europe. He goes, really, what countries do you have? And I said, Israel, by the way. That's what it was. He goes, oh, have you been to Israel? I said, multiple times. I, I mean, I probably spent a total of three months there, okay, in and out. And um, I, that's where I found my spiritual journey. <clears throat> Anyways, he goes, uh, really? He goes, do you like Israel? I said, I love it. And I said, it's changed my life. And he goes, in what way? And I said, and I told him, I said, I, this is how I found my spiritual journey that teaches me and guides me. And he goes, you study that? And I said, yeah. And he goes, do you have a teacher? I said, no. He goes, you do now. I'm like, what? He says, I work for the, the, my spiritual journey that I do. He works for the center in um, New York. And I'm going, because one of the owners of Rome, he is a study of that spiritual journey too. Unreal. Can you believe that? And I went, and then he became my teacher. Like that wasn't connected. Correct. Right? And he became my teacher and has been my teacher so since then. with us. So, so my point is yeah, about so, your counselor. Yeah, so, so what started, so basically. I know was, you have Danny Johnson. Yeah, so in Ray, it started with Danny Johnson. Yeah. That was the first time, that was the first time that I, that was the first time that I started 
even considering it. Yeah. Um, so that wasn't, we went to Danny Johnson the first time, I guess, was that 2015? I would have been 2016, mm-hmm. early 2016. Mm-hmm. But when the first time that I even went anywhere near really um, any form of self development, wow, okay. and it was because of her and her approach. Awesome. So it was hilarious because we went to uh, there was a lady named Mel Melanie who was in our business at the time, mm-hmm. and she was super power like just a, just a really good lady like just really just positive mm-hmm. energy, good mm-hmm. vibe, and she wrote up with this Danny Danny Danny, mm-hmm. and so we were finally we were like, hey, who is like who are you talking about? She's this lady from the U.S. and mm-hmm. You know, and she was on the Secret Millionaire, and she has her own show, and all mm-hmm. this stuff. And and again, I, I'm still the negative. You're still rolling still your eyes, like, going, oh, "Okay, God, yeah, yeah." Like yeah. here's another person that I'm smarter than. Yep, yep. You know? <laughs> and and I was the person. I was honestly, yeah. I'm like, I'm like yeah. the one who's like, "Well, I don't go to counseling because I'm going to end up being smart. I'll end up teaching the counseling." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So we go there, and it's in Florida. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I'm like, "Yeah, I'll go." I'm going to go to Florida, <laughs> dude. I pack. I didn't pack like. A suit. I didn't pack mm-hmm. clothes for a conference. I packed beach clothes. Uh huh. And I told Jillian flat out. I said, "I'm going <laughs> yeah, for the beach." Now, now, to be honest, that's I'm great. at a stage where I'm curious. Yeah. Because I know I'm starting to rec- I'm recognizing there's something. I need something. to make the changes. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, so I'm at that point of recognition. So I went and I said, "Okay, I'm going to sit there, listen to here." So I said, "But Jillian, I said honestly, I can't sit in this room. If this lady sucks, I'm out of here. Yeah. I'm going to the beach. You guys yep. do you. Yeah." I'll go sit on the beach. Yeah. So I patched beach, beach clothes. Uh-huh. So we get down there. And in 10 minutes, this lady blew my mind. Uh-huh. Sean, I found God in there. Uh-huh. I'm crying. Uh-huh. I'm like, <laughs> I got in touch. I got in I touch with it. my past. Like, I was just like, what? Whoa, just, I walked out of that first day so emotionally yeah. spent, just yeah. like, wow. Yeah. And it opened my mind to Good. everything. Yeah. Okay. So since then, so that was the first day. That was February, I think, of 2016. Yeah. Okay. So since then, it, it, so we went through tons of shit with her. Yeah. We brought our organization to her. And, and yeah. honestly, her teachings are in a lot of this podcast. Yep. They're in a lot of our demo. Of course. Form, yep. gems. I mean, all yep. know, so much stuff. Okay. So, so much of it is that. That's been the, probably the biggest mentor. We worked with her personally, directly. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. spend tens of thousands of dollars to her. Uh, we're personal life coaches through her mm-hmm. mentorship, mm-hmm. right through Destiny Global, mm-hmm. right up to the top. She's retired now. We're working with her company mm-hmm. still today on a mm-hmm. daily basis. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Jaden and I are, are certified life coaches cool. today okay. through that. Okay. We can teach her courses, certified to do all that kind of stuff. Um, through the rest of that, um, we take, I've worked with four different counselors, um, just direct counselors on, on different things. I worked with a lady named Diane for three years, mm-hmm. starting in 2016. So from 2016 to probably 2019, mm-hmm. uh, two, two, probably, probably to 2018, two and a half, right, right before, yeah, right before I opened up my office. Mm-hmm. So, so about, about two, two and a half years mm-hmm. weekly on my past history, cleaning that up kind of thing. Yeah. Forgiveness in my past, like that yeah. brilliant lady. Yeah. Um, she was actually from Florida. It was all on the phone, virtual weekly for two and a half years. Well, and good. just on, on fixing my family. Back. She was the one that really hit me with a lot of things. Like, how's that working out for you? Dallas? Yeah. She brought my ego down to a level of like, she was really the one that really worked on getting rid of the ego yeah. and, and bringing that down and yeah. just looking in the mirror. Like she was probably so the how biggest important thing do you think having these life coaches are? Would it, you say you can't, you can't get through it without it. You can't you go can't. to the, the next level. It's impossible. Isn't that true? It's, it's impossible. Okay. It's so. impossible. So then from there, um, two other short-term ones. So for me now, it's like, I don't have anybody 
directly mm-hmm. personally that it's con it's still probably a flaw of mine yeah. but it's like i feel like i use people up until I, like there's nothing nothing like, else to use and then it's yeah. like okay then i gotta find somebody else yep. because it's yep. like i, I you know I get it, it. it's just a thing so if, if if somebody like when there's nothing else to learn it's just like sorry i just can't mm-hmm. you know i still talk to them but it's yeah. like i just not engaged that's yeah. it so but we still continue to do a lot of other things so i love learning yeah we've taken um two or three um marriage courses relationship courses yeah not only for, you know, you can always strengthen a relationship, absolutely, but also, I mean, we are now, you know, I mean, A, we have a hundred people in relationships in our business. Mm-hmm. We have, um, we have distributors all in relationships. Now we have seven distributors who are in relationships. You and know, that's something who, I respect about you guys. Yeah. Could you realize that I said this one time to Emil Vishnan, who is a satellite in Bulgaria, I said, Here's what you guys don't realize. You think you guys have a total, how many people are in your organization, would you say? Give I mean, me give me including um, dealers, staff, everybody that's... I mean, on paper, there's, there's, there's probably 150. Okay, so that means there's 300 to 400 people that you're responsible for. For sure. Because they all have family members. They all have all Kid, this yeah, stuff. Kids, and that's a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, so you and Jaylene have a big job in front of you. Yeah. And I'm glad and thankful that you guys have taken this responsibility on. Yeah. But it is important to continuing making yourself go to the yeah. next level. Well, like, we've like taken financial trainings and yeah, more, nice. more me than her. Nice. I mean, she comes by that almost naturally. Yeah, she yeah, teaches yeah. that to a level like that. But I, I've taken different investing courses and different yeah. stuff to better myself. Yeah. Um, we've taken relationship courses again, not saying that it's not for us too, but I mean, yeah. also to also be able to help yep. our people through different yep. things and stuff too. We've been, you know, we got hit with a whole pile of shit here, not, you know, about a year ago we went like, Oh, oh uh-huh. like we better go get some skills. Yeah. You know, so we went out and got those skills and, you know, some ways to teach that stuff, yep. um, you know, and, and that thing. And then through Destiny Global, we continue to grow. So, you know, so we're constantly working, you know, we're always in training, we're always in thing. But so we don't have specific people we're constantly working with aside from the Danny Johnson yeah. organization, the Destiny Global yeah. organization, which we're constantly getting content from. Um, but we're always looking for new things. We're no, always, we're always good. developing. Good. I think that's important. And I, I try to tell people, look, it's necessary. You, it is. You need to find a relationship yeah. coach, a life coach. Yeah. And when you can find a coach, by the way, that can really have it all. And that's what I try to look for in my mentors is somebody that is very, very difficult, by the way. Yeah. And what I mean by mentors, like, you know, when I found fortunate enough to find Momir in my life, he's a good father. He's a good husband. He's a good business person. He's just a good human being, uh, which is very hard to find. And no ego. That's okay. Everybody has a little bit of ego. Don't. But I'm saying he, he, his intentions are are right. Yeah. So and and that's hard to find. Yeah. So I think honestly, I mean, if you don't have that, it is necessary. It's something that you you can't get to that next level without the help. And I mean, you know, like I said, when I was younger. I just thought I was going to go all the way by myself and it was stupid, you know, and you just have to get rid of that ego and come to the terms that you're not going to make it by yourself. And, and I think it's important what you said is you've got to have it at all levels of your life and in business. I mean, we're fortunate again with, you know, where rainbow is just a different level is, I mean, we have in business. I mean, we don't have to look too far with yourself. And I mean, we have amazing people in this company and Rex there is great of, of sending help at all levels. And, 
Um, it's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, Momir was here a couple of years ago yep. and, you know, he hung out in Jalen in her old office and we got yeah. him to come back to see this, yeah. you know, and I mean, just, I mean, just in the last, I mean, this in the last week, I mean, yeah. Clay was down here. Yeah. I mean, like, it's just incredible, David. I mean, it's just yeah. the amount of people that, that yep. come through a little town in, in nowhere, Alberta. Yep. And, and it's like the president's been here, vice yep. presidents and, yep. you know, and, and that's awesome. Know, Ed's. You know, and, and, you know all, these, and all these people. So it's just, you know, it, it's amazing that to, to be in this environment. And we always say you have to be in an environment to succeed. And Rexair definitely puts our people in an environment to succeed. But in all levels of your life, like you said, relationship, business, everything, you need to have uh, those people. And we do. And, uh, and Sean, you've, you've definitely enhanced, um, you know, this experience for me as well. And I appreciate you being here. Yeah, uh, same. You know, same. we've been able to get, you know, three, four good podcasts out of you. And I look forward to, doing these with you again when yes. you come back next time. So yep. thanks, buddy. I appreciate you. I appreciate you and, and your people, uh, by the way. And I love you guys and being around you. And thank you for letting me be part of your family. I awesome. appreciate that. You're much. And that was another episode of War Stories with Sean Jones. Thank you very much, buddy. Yep.